Chapter 16 As it turned out, Poema Lyrica did know exactly where Harry Horton Cove was. She began singing before they could even see him, slowing the birds overhead and the wind in the dark, shadowy trees as they crossed over an opening in a low brick wall that surrounded the strangest garden Silverbell had ever seen. On their way there, Poem had said it was a statue garden, but had left it at that. She had not mentioned just how many statues there would be. There were perhaps hundreds, from what Silverbell could see, intricately designed, marble and menacing, standing before them, waiting around hauntingly. What is this place? asked Silverbell with an anxious tone, her heart racing as she looked upon the rows and rows of statues. A monument to cruelty and evil hearts that harden. This is the secret. Silence a statue garden. Poem sang ominously, the light of her song leading them into the dark rows of white figures. The worst of the worst who won the game, a monument to all who saw that our history was changed. Silverbell began to seethe with anger as she realized who was around them, but she had to remind herself that these weren't real villains, just the idea of villains, even though they looked so lifelike. If they had not been all marble and white, Silverbell would have thought them merely victims of Poem's power. But it was clear that the only living being among them was Harry Horton Cove. He stood amidst the haunting statues, unmoving except for minutely slow breaths and blinks he displayed. He was staring at a statue dead in the eyes, his expression as blank as the sculptures. What's he doing? Tico asked as he approached Cove. Nothing? Silverbell guessed, for it sure looked like nothing. You cannot know when time is slow. Everything seems to be not. But trust in me, in time you'll see that nothing is quite like you thought. Silverbell nodded, but she wasn't really listening. She was looking at Louis. He was standing about 20 paces away from all of them. Silverbell, Tico, and Poem had all easily dared to approach the sedated cove. They all saw no danger in him. But even in his deadened state, Silverbell saw plainly he could still paralyze Louis Barimbe with his mere existence. It's okay, Louis. Silverbell spoke softly. He can't hurt you. And he can't see us? Louis asked. Now little more than a shadow illuminated just barely by the light streaming off Poem as she continued her gentle song. He may feel the strange sense someone is nearby. Poem told him cryptically and musically. Who wouldn't in this garden? Tico commented. But as long as we keep moving, he can't see us with his eyes. Poem finished her phrase as she paced around Cove with poise. Silverbell blinked in surprise, and taking Louis's hand in hers, 
got them moving in step with Poem. What's he doing? Louis whispered with terror as he tightened his grip on Silverbell's hand, but at first, the sight was too odd for anyone to have an answer. They watched as he stood. They watched as he stared into the eyes of an unblinking statue. And then they watched as he began to move. He's going for something in his pocket, Tico narrated as Poem continued to underscore them with her eerie vocals. Cove indeed was reaching his hand into the pockets of the long brown trench coat he wore over his haggard clothes on this blustery night. His impeded movements only built suspense as the small group watched him with great anticipation, moving around him like a whirlwind, waiting, waiting, waiting. In slow motion, he no longer moved like a monster nor a maniac, but instead almost resembled a man, almost resembled humanity. What is it? Louis then asked, closing his eyes as he held that much more tightly onto Silverbell. It's... Tico began. A hammer. Silverbell finished as Cove brought forth a simple black tool from his pocket. Hammer? Louis repeated, his eyes opening with terror as he looked up to Cove. You're sure he can't see us? Trust in me, he cannot see. Poem sang to them, though there was a slight warble in her voice that may have sounded like she feared that she might be wrong. What's he doing now? Silverbell asked, trying to remain calm, but Cove was lifting the hammer like a hand through water, slowly yet purposefully. I don't know, Poem sang. And we're sure he can't see us? Tico asked, now afraid as well. They kept moving, they kept watching, they all stopped breathing. Cove lifted the hammer higher and higher, preparing for an attack, and then finally, he set upon the target. Silverbell had seen things break before. She had seen glass shatter and ice crack and cloth tear. But never before had she seen marble splinter in slow motion. The hammer went through the statue like a knife through butter, and Silverbell watched with amazement as pieces of the marble statue gently let go of each other, leaving their perfect little structure, and floated off into the air like clouds. Cove had aimed for the face, destroying the pompous expression of the dead-eyed man into a hundred little pieces that were now falling around them like snow. Not an appreciator of art, huh? Tico attempted to break the tension, but everyone was stuck in shock and awe at the sight before them. It was horrifying and beautiful and confusing to watch, and Silverbell couldn't help but notice that even Poem, who no doubt had seen a thing or two happen in the slow world she created, was as shocked as them. Cove's fingers released the handle of the hammer as his arm recoiled backward. The group walked and watched as the tool fell to the ground like the ugliest raindrop alive, and Cove turned his back on the mess he'd created and the tool he had used to create it. In a storm of marble, dust, and debris, the children watched as Harry Horton Cove walked away like a man through a midnight snowstorm, apparently not caring enough to destroy the other innocent statues he passed by. Where's he going now? Silverbell asked. She had stopped walking. They all had now, transfixed by the droplets of statues still falling around them. I believe he's going home. Poem sang to them as she raised a finger ominously. They all turned their heads in the direction where Cove was now walking, 
And suddenly, they understood why Poem knew where he would be. They hadn't noticed the building before. The statues had been too many and too interesting to look at, and the building was so uninteresting in its own right. Brick, two squat stories, four windows on its front. The door was simple too, white with a white threshold. Yes, the only thing of note about this boring little building was the name Cove, carved in handsome strong letters on the wood of the door. Yet, like everything in Coda, and in this world the silencers had created, it was faded and a little bit sad. Poem began following after him first, her sweet song leading the way. Tico went quickly in tow, marching after the mystery. Silverbell took one step, and then another step, but barely made it to a third before she realized Louis had let go of her hand, and he was no longer following. Louis, come on! We should... Silverbell turned to urge him on, but as she shifted her gaze back to him, she saw he was still staring at the pieces of marble rubble that were finally landing at their feet, laying themselves to rest on and around the pedestal of the now-destroyed statue. His dad! Louis said in shock. Whose dad? Silverbell said in confusion. Belden Broderick Cove. Louis said in a monotone voice as he still stared at the ground. You mean Harry Horton Cove? Silverbell snorted, amazed Louis could mess up their greatest enemy's name so well. I mean, Harry Horton Cove's dad must be Belden Broderick Cove. Louis explained to her. And I guess he was also a silencer. Suddenly, Silverbell realized what it was Louis had been looking at. On the ground, at the base of the pedestal, was a plaque that named the newly faceless statue. Belden Broderick Cove, it read in proud letters, not knowing that there was no longer a statue left to name, because it was words on a plaque, and not a thinking creature who could know such things. Ah, well, we all have our familial issues. <laughs> Silverbell tried to crack a joke for herself, but she was beginning to feel extremely unnerved. Yes, Louis said with a nod, though his eyes were still locked on the remains of the statue. What a horrible place to live. He then commented with an eerie blankness on the equally eerie darkness looking back at them. Yeah. Silverbell agreed with a nod, in a voice that was perhaps frightened. We should go, Louis. She urged, not wanting to be among these statues any longer. We need to follow Cove. And so, they did. <laughs>